0: Hello and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Roda, and with me I have Father Eli Gieski and a special guest, Father Anthony Craig. Uh, thanks for joining today, Father Eli and Father Anthony. Yeah. Great to be with you. Yeah, great to be with you. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Father Anthony will be taking over uh, control from Father Eli in a couple couple weeks now. Yeah, April fourth, and so. Um, he's in town so he's just hanging out for a little bit and kind of shadowing Father Eli and yeah it's been g- good to have you for the last couple of days
1: yeah i feel like an understudy following <laughs> father eli is like
0: yes what do you do oh very
1: nice mm. um i will try to do that <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 great uh mm-hmm. being in town and being with father eli it's it's great to live with a brother and pray together and um so far it's been just wonderful but i've just met a few People, uh, so far the staff and everything and everybody's great. I've, I've just been just super happy with uh, everything I've encountered, and I just love all the adoration that's happening in these parishes too. And I love that. I'm just like, oh, I oh, just stay here. I'm I'm gonna stay here.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I'm I'm very grateful. I'm just very grateful. I love I love being a priest. I love the priesthood. I love parish life. Um, being around families
2: um, that's always been a love of mine.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's great. It's
2: great to have you in the parish, and I think uh, people are anxious to get to know you, so this will be good. I'll increase their anxiety. Yep. I'm
1: just kidding.
0: (laughs) I'm just kidding. Can you imagine if I did that? (laughs) Depends how how you would do it, I think. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, so today we're going to just dive into kind of get to know Father Anthony and uh, learn everything about his life um everything social security number let me get that out (laughs) uh yeah before we do that we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the parishes which um which right now we have the men's day this weekend so Mm
2: -hmm. on the 19th which is the feast of saint Mm -hmm. joseph which great great day to have this men's day so you might listen to this after the fact so too bad um but yeah. and then the following weekend we have the tob day the 26th Mm -hmm. right uh, which is turning into quite the yeah quite the event yeah, quite the event yeah so uh, and to note two things so feast of Saint Joseph and next Friday which is a f- uh, well, solemnities I should say solemnity of Saint Joseph solemnity of Annunciation next Friday are days when the Church commands us to celebrate so we should celebrate so it's if you have a Lenten thing like you gave up something you could uh, partake in a, in a moderate way perhaps.
0: Mm-hmm a healthy uh, amount
2: a healthy mm-hmm. amount uh, or 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 just uh, do something special you know, maybe talk to St. Joseph or our Blessed Mother those days That's, that'd be a good thing go do some extra prayers or something so but we still have stations on Friday this Friday is at Holy Family next Friday is at back at St. Lawrence um, but the, the the menu might be a little bit modified because of the, the status so people were like oh why do we if the feast of saint joseph was on saturday why do we celebrate that on friday night why would we? but the, there's this thing called a vigil so when you pray the liturgy of the hours which is um something that priests and religious do and all the churches encourage to do and we've been doing that uh, on these uh fridays so after evening prayer one of a solemnity so it's kind of like you know how on uh saturday evening we we celebrate mass for Sunday but the night before it's kind of like that so after like four or five o'clock after we've prayed evening prayer technically then you are in the solemnity you're part of you're already celebrating the solemnity so at that point you can partake of meat and Mm
0: -hmm. delicious
2: things so
0: yeah so like liturgically it's the next day right Right. which is the important part yes and then it can end when
1: you do evening prayer two uh, of the day of the solemnity right which you can move you know, to six o'clock if you yeah. want yeah. Or a bit seven. Later. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: and uh and I think maybe just talk about this a little bit but like it's uh it's important that it's like oh it's not just like we're not just it's not just cheating right but it's celebrating right which there's a difference right
2: right we're we're not necessarily just using it as an excuse to eat chocolate or things but but we're, we're celebrating Saint Joseph and our mother yes to honor them yeah mm-hmm yeah, so we'll be celebrating evening prayer this Friday tomorrow, before the soup supper, so that we can have meat in our soup, and then afterwards we will do the stations to cross. So it might seem a little funny to do this, but that's what we are going to do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but you know it's uh, it's important to celebrate. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. whatever we have to do to celebrate, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything else? going on? Um, Men's Day, TOB,
2: Solemnities. uh, Did we say what TOB is? Theology of the uh, Body.
0: Theology of the Body. Yeah,
2: so that's a a day set aside for us to to learn about John Paul II's teaching on the Theology of the Body, which if you don't know what that is, is basically understanding our human dignity, how God has created us in his image, and a lot of times it focuses on our human sexuality, how this is a gift uh, to be shared, to be received, um, and how we can understand how to reclaim those gifts from the way that the culture has often kind of brought them into a place of um, we're ashamed of it or we're, we've uh, abused it or whatever. So, yeah, it's kind of reclaiming
0: who we are as as created in God's image. So so yep. it's an exciting day. Yeah, yeah, mm, that'll be good. And, uh, yeah, I think we have information on the website and then also there's Karen. So yeah. if you have questions, ask yeah. Karen. Ask Karen, call the office, email her. Um, so, yeah, we'll maybe just open it in a prayer. Father Eli, do you want to open us? Sure. Amen, Father, Son, and
2: Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time today to uh, have this opportunity to um, just learn a little bit about Father, uh, Father Eli, Father Anthony, and, uh, um, you know, get to know him a little bit. And we pray uh, for our parishioners, for any parishioners who might have needs right now, any particular struggles that they're dealing with, we lift them up in prayer and we ask our mother's intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our Amen. death. Amen. Holy I think this is the first time I've been on a podcast with three people. You've done it a number of times with the sisters when they've mm-hmm. filled in, but this is kind of exciting. Yeah, 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 it's good. It's like the radio station almost. feels like we're like in the studio or something, so
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good, and I, yeah, I think, you know, me and Father Anthony were talking this morning about the difference, but from two people to three people. I mean, we were talking about like living together in community, but mm, um, but you know, there's something, <laughs> something about uh, yeah, a, a third person. It's trinitarian, trinitarian. right? Yeah, good yeah. things come in trees, Threes. <laughs> <Excuse me. laughs> uh so so yeah, Father Anthony, you know, you're here. You've been here for a couple of days. So yeah, maybe I'll do just want to start with like where you grew up, uh what you know, what uh what growing up was like in the in in the promised land. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know it, brother. <laughs> you're from
1: that area. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um the Crowing County area is what we're talking about, everybody. Um so I I yeah, I grew up in Pequot Lakes, um small town. But uh I have my high school class was maybe 105 uh, kids. Um, yeah, I have five brothers and sisters. I have three older brothers and an older sister and a younger sister. So I'm not the youngest, not the oldest. I'm the middle child. No, I, thought,
2: I thought that. you were the youngest. I didn't know you had a younger sister. I didn't right, yeah. Okay.
1: Little Maria. Okay. 35-year-old little Maria. <laughs> <laughs> she She's great. No, I love all my siblings still. They're, uh, they're near and dear to my heart. We, we get along. Actually, my parents prayed that we would get along when we became adults. Um, and uh, I think that's indeed true. We all have a great affection for each other today. Even if in the home when we were growing up, it was kind of contentious, you know, naturally. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was kind of like, stop following me. All right, get out of here. Let's play a pillow fight. But if you were older, you'd always win. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Uh, but I loved growing up in Pequot Lakes. It was a, it was a great place to grow up. We lived outside in the countryside. Um, we there was a creek nearby, or a crick, as some people say, creek, crick, whatever. Um, and there was we deer hunted on our property. Um, that was great. Um, there was some fishing. We did some spear fishing there in the in the creek as well. Um, and then we we were just a couple miles away from the Whitefish Chain, so there's 16 different lakes connected by channels and. It, it feels like the Shire, you know? I When I go back in there, I can hear, like, flutes in the background. <laughs> it's like Lord of the Rings, the Shire. Um, but even still, the Shire needs to be protected and whatnot. Um, but I loved growing up. I was an altar server. Um, there was uh, Father Seamus Walsh was yeah. uh, our parish priest for a number of years. I don't remember how many he was there. But I loved, I loved his Irish accent. It was great. And... Um, One time in the sacristy, he said, Anthony, have you thought about my line of work? I was like, Well, I don't know, Father. We'll see. I got to go clean up. Bye. (laughs) And, you know, rushed off to do my duties. Um, But a couple of parishioners did the same thing. My parents never pushed it, they never, you know, brought it up to me. They were just, you know, helping me live my life. Um, And then uh, I visited a seminary, um, St. John Vianney, at the University of St. Thomas. And I went there for a weekend visit. I thought my best friend and my cousin were going to go, and we get along really well. We were always the servers for the big masses and everything. And so, but they didn't come. They like canceled, or they just didn't say yes. And I thought they were all going because the vocations director was from our hometown, Deacon Mike. He 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 said, "I'm going to invite those guys." So I was like, "Okay, sure, yeah, I'll go," because they're probably going to go. They're probably going to say yes. They didn't, so I went by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Great." <laughs> Uh, This isn't socially awkward, but um, I went to the seminary and it was great. It was a wonderful weekend. All these guys singing out loud the hymns. I'd never heard so many male voices (laughs) singing out these hymns um, that were just awesome. And they were all following the Lord. They were living good moral lives. It was very attractive. I liked it. It was like, man, I felt at home, of course. Um, The holy hour was great, you know, and all of that. In front of the Blessed Sacrament, and then it ended, and I went back to high school, and I was just a junior at the time, so I still had a year and a half left uh, of high school. So it kind of faded as a memory. Um, and in high school, I, I played a number of different sports, and I was in uh, theater. I was in seven different plays within a couple of years. Uh, so I did I a heavy dose of that. Yeah, that's where that's that's the accents come. It, totally. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, my rock. that's right
1: uh, seven different plays in seven different accents mm-hmm. i was like man one was scandinavian one was irish you know all these different things um and uh, the high school director actually approached me and said i'd like you to audition for this irish cop in this little one act play for a competition that we're doing and i was like i've never been in theater before sir you know and he just said i think you'd be good at it and i was like okay well we'll give it a shot um So I did, and it turned out really well. I I won an award at the thing, so I was like, well, now I'm hooked. um, So let's (laughs) keep going with this. So I was in some community theater pieces. And then I did post-secondary enrollment option uh, my last two years of high school. So I was also in the theater at Central Lakes College in Brainerd a little Mm. bit, too. Um, I had a great director there as well, um, Patrick Spradlin. Um, Patrick, today, the Feast of St. Patrick, that's right. that's right. That's right. I don't have green on. This is a sin. That's yeah. right. Yeah.
2: No. some, some no, priests will wear the green chasuble on oh, no. this feast during Lent. I don't. I've never done that because I'm not Irish and I'm not tempted to. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know if my liturgical sensibilities could do that. But
1: yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's ordinary time. Mm-mm-mm. That's a no-no. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but green is great. And and the Irish lineage is great. Um, I have a little Irish too, actually. There's a little Irish, French, German, Austrian. Austrian is the lion's share, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah. So so acted. um, I was in golf for a couple years, and then my football coach, and football was my main sport. And he said, "Hey, you need more time in the weight room. You're not doing any weightlifting while you're in golf. Go to track and field." So I was like, "All right, okay, coach." All right. So I, I did track and field, which I liked actually. I ended up liking it. Who okay. were the events? The events so I moved around in different events. I did some sprinting. I did the four by one hundred. Um, yeah. And then I did the four hundred and the four by four hundred. Oh, it was. <laughs> I, I felt
2: like puking after each race. Yeah. I was like,
1: Oh, that was fast and long. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It was it was it's just like the, the same one.
2: thing as the four by one, except four times as long. <laughs> it
1: was. Yeah. It was like, that was intense. Can I not do that next time? Is there someone else? And they're like, oh, nope. No, no, no. <laughs> like, okay, I acquiesced then. Very good. Um, and then uh, discus and shot put, I did that too. Wow. Um, did everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was good. It, it was a good crew. Of people. Mr. Gunther was our coach. He was great. He was really, really good at it. I think he was still doing it up till a couple of years ago even. Hmm. I'm like, man, I've been out of high school. Wow. Well, there's longevity with these coaches. Mm-hmm. This is good. Good continuity, you know. Um, it's good for pastors too, but uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Everybody else is like, mm-hmm. oh, stability is so important in our life. Um, so, yeah, did all that stuff. Uh, football was great though. Football was kind of the main sport. I was a fullback and inside linebacker and um, – all conference captain and all the stuff, and then um, I looked at co- schools because uh, I had a number of letters from around the Upper Midwest, and I decided upon Concordia St. Paul. They were a Division Two football school, and so it was they were beating opponents at the time. They were beating UMD and they were beating like Saint Cloud State at the time. They were doing really well, um, so I met with the coaching staff. They were all young, and it seemed like a really good program and everything. Um, and I just told my dad and, and that I decided upon that, and he said. If that's what you want to do with your college years, that's fine. And it was the way you worded it that struck me. It wasn't his tone or you know anything else. It struck me, and I was like, is that what I really want? I don't really want that anymore. I loved football, and I kind of searched my heart a bit, and I was like, I don't have that in me anymore as, as I thought I would. So I started praying, and I was kind of a deal maker in my prayer a little bit at the time. I was a high school senior, when
2: you know, in, in senior All I seniors. All seniors are high school deal makers, aren't they? Don't, oh.
1: There's a little bit of that in us, right? You're still. I will do this,
2: Lord. If you will do this,
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. A Little uh, vending machine of God, you know, like oh, if I do. That. Actually, mine was even worse. Mine was like, yeah, if if you show me what I'm supposed to do, Lord, yeah. You know, I'll I'll pay more attention at Mass. You know, that was like a big <laughs> part of it. Nice. I, I was yeah. like, oh, i was just going to really, you'll capture my attention more. Yeah. But he worked with it. He worked with that prayer still. Yeah. It was not it, like a bad prayer. It oh, just yeah. didn't have maturity yet. Right, right, right. But I, I you know, he did work with it because the memory of visiting the seminary came up at that moment of decision. I was like, hmm. And I was open to it. And I was like, well, what about that? And and the vocation director was in our hometown, so I just called him up and said, "Can I start the process and, and to apply and everything?" And that's sort of elaborate process. And so I went through it all, and it was fine, and there was no kinks or anything. It was, and then I was admitted to St. John Vianney College Seminary, the University of St. Thomas, through the Diocese of Duluth. So it was kind of uh, three approvals. Did you, you know. have
2: any uh, classmates when you first started from the Duluth Diocese?
1: Um, no. Uh, there was a father, Drew Braun went to a different seminary. He oh, would Who started been, your year? He was, he started my yeah, year. Yeah, because he did five years. Right. And he went to IHM. He yep. went to yep. Immaculate right. Heart. So I, I didn't like see him except for diocesan events and the summer event okay. and stuff. But yeah, that was just the two of us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a Father Gabriel who started major seminary at the same time, actually.
2: Okay. Yeah, he was. He was just across the campus. Right. The major seminary.
1: Yeah. And, and our long relationship began there. yes <laughs> yeah you, the, your first pastor yeah. he, was, yeah, he, was. he was He was was he was in Hiving there. Hi how are you? <laughs> he was great. He was wonderful. Um, yeah so yeah four years there my life changed and the, you know the time in front of the Blessed Sacrament was the biggest thing for me. Every morning we had a, a mandatory holy hour 6 to 7 a.m and we start with the Angelus in the lobby and go in for the adoration. You remember this, Father like I do, I do. It's just wonderful, man, way to start the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and over that time, four years of doing that, uh, it just changes you, doesn't it? It does. It just it does. does. You, you, it it changes what you like, what you don't like, what you're attracted to, what you're not attracted to. I mean, it starts to change not just um, your mind while you read spiritual books or something or read the scriptures, it changes you uh, and it changed me. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: reminds me of a, a prayer from Father Arupe. You have that prayer? I do. I, I have it right Make here in my bravery somewhere. Where did I put that? Maybe I don't. But anyway, I'll look for it. Okay, while you're looking for it, I'll fill the air with words. No. <laughs> ah, yes, here it is. Nothing is more practical than finding God. Than falling in love in quite an absolute final way. What you are in love with will, what seizes your imagination will affect everything. It will decide what you get, what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you do for your weekends, what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and that will decide everything. I I don't remember when I got this, but one of the seminary retreats maybe huh? maybe yeah i can't remember who gave it to me but that always struck me and it's kind of like what you just said like oh. when you encounter the lord it it changes everything it really does that's exactly right i'm glad you pulled that out i,
1: I haven't read that in a while that's yeah, so either, right,
2: right on but too. That, as you were talking it's like oh that sounds just like that prayer
1: that's yeah. it that's that's the uh encapsulating prayer of that what, what happened in those four years for me Um, and I did a study abroad semester in Rome my third year with Catholic studies. I started out a journalism major. I wanted to be a sports writer at first. I'm like, if this priesthood thing doesn't work out, doesn't. If it doesn't, (laughs) I use the word doesn't. Um, No, (laughs) that's not a word. Um, Then I'll, I'll be a sports writer or something in the field of journalism. Probably print journalism is what I was more attracted to than like, being on air or something but um and look at you
2: now i know i'm <laughs> on air now i'm like this is
1: the lord fulfills our dreams you yeah, know yeah. in ways ways we didn't expect yeah. and that's true that's, that's, that's really true, true. Mm-hmm. um so yeah shoot uh that didn't work out it was just a major of um journalism for one year uh super uh weird classes and stuff and it was just i, I was not attracted to it after a while Like, we don't want that Half the time was lambasting a, a president at the time. And I was just like, I don't need this, man. This is weird. Let's talk about journalism and writing well. You know, that's what I thought I was doing here. Yeah. So moved on to Catholic studies and philosophy. Philosophy we were all majors of anyways, but 10 courses in philosophy. And it was kind of the water of philosophy can be turned into the wine of theology, as um, Frederick Copleston had put it one time. And that's, that's really what it was. So learning the philosophy, learning how to think well, so that you can think about the mysteries well with your heart engaged as well um, in theology. So so those those were great years. Um, the study abroad semester opened my eyes to the Catholic world in such a big way. It just expanded my vision of what I was a part of, where I was headed um, into the priesthood. So I, was, I loved that. You know, pilgrimages do that for us, right? I mean, they just open our eyes more mm-hmm. um, to the beauty of, of
2: our faith. You were under the tutelage of... Uh, some good men over there. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Father Carolla. Father Carolla. Was that... Uh, uh, what's his name? The guy from... Uh, who was? Who were the chaplains at that time? Father
1: Timmerman. Okay, okay. From New Ulm. Okay. I think he was there at the yeah. time.
2: Is there... Was Father Justin Kazuski? Maybe he wasn't yes, ordained yet. Yes, he was not
1: ordained yet, but he was there. Okay. Yep, He brilliant guy. Yeah. Ooh, Smart guy. He was great, too, you yeah. know kind of fun to joke around with too because yeah, he'd huh. take you seriously at first and then he'd look at you and go oh yeah yeah that was a joke <laughs> <laughs> was like yes Justin yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that was great and then senior year came at St. Thomas and I was graduating and everything and um Bishop Schnur at the time was like where well, would you like to study theology and I said well what about Rome <laughs> I said with expectant eyes and a smile on my face <laughs> you know and he said well, you know, I have no problem with that. You have my blessing. So that was that. That sure. was how the decision was made for, for being sent to Rome, to the North American College, uh, to the seminary over there. They call it college, but it's a seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then I went to the Gregorian University, and I didn't know which one I would go to.
2: I know you went to the Angelicum, and that's good. That's good. I respect well, my brother. Uh, my language skills are subpar, so I, I don't <laughs> think I would have survived the Greg. So
1: You would have done fine, I think. I it's just with... Yeah, so the where Father Eli went was the Angelicum and run by Dominicans, yeah. and it was the classes were in English. Did mm-hmm. you have one or two in, in Italian though?
2: Uh, I sat in on a couple, okay, but I never took one for for oh, grades because I was grades, fearful yeah. for my grade point average. To, <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't want that to move. Yeah. Don't yeah. move. Yeah. <laughs> Not for the language. Yeah. So uh, can I ask a clarifying question? Sure. So when you were at the end of your time at SJV, and on your way, thinking about going to Rome. Like, where were you in your discernment of, like, priesthood? Like, were you like, yeah, I'm open to it? Or, like, oh, yeah, I think I'm called? or Because, I mean, for me, I only had two years at SAV before I went to to the NAC over there. Um, and I was still not sure when I went. I was feeling like I got to go forward, but I'm still not sure. But where were you at when you kind of got to that point? Excellent question, uh, Father Eli. Very excellent question.
1: I, I think that is, though. I mean, I kind of skipped over that, but... Um, I went into college seminary right out of high school and the first two years I was not sure at all I was just kind of following the program of the seminary mm-hmm. and just and doing it well you know I didn't have problems with it or nor was it like too much or something uh, I liked it mm-hmm. um, but then I, going deeper with the Lord that's where that adoration really came in, that where it became clearer that he was calling me there. And I met a couple of girls during my four years, my four total years in college seminary, a couple, couple, couple of young women that I could have started a life with in marriage or, or at least started to date. But I didn't, you don't date in college seminary, but I was, I was interested in them a little bit just on, on the human level. And they were from the same background kind of thing as, as me. So I was interested in going through some of that discernment with my spiritual director was helpful to me at the time because I recognized there was a desire in me that was deeper than those natural desires that corresponded to the priestly vocation. And I recognized it probably at least more strongly in my junior year. Mm. Um, that was really where it solidified. And then when senior year came, it was just sort of really trying to refine the, the virtues and things like that. Um, and then considering about the next step, but the next step for me at that point in senior year was like, yeah, I do want to go on. I want to sure. go on to study theology um, and to continue towards the priesthood because the desire and the ability started to grow. Um, desires more than the ability, I would say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. The ability's like eh, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> are not doing any of that stuff yet. You know? yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but that was that was kind of how it worked for me. I. I did have to discern through it, and it took prayer. It took bouncing it off of someone else to really help me through that because it wasn't an easy decision. That's big. You have to really consider that. Um, And then went to uh, the, the NAC, and things just deepened there, I think would be the way to summarize four years in Rome. Going to the Gregorian for theology, there was some good professors, especially in Scripture. We had some good Scripture people. Um, and that was wonderful. And then this whole city is an open museum of right. Catholic uh, history and reality. Saints are buried all over the place. Walking through those um, streets just was a formation.
2: Did you have a part. particular church that you would stop in either on the way or on the way back from class? Yes, I did. I had seasons of that. Okay. You know, for a while I stopped at the Jesu okay.
1: to mm-hmm. pray in front of the relics of St. Ignatius of Loyola. and. Uh, the relics of St. Uh, Francis Xavier there, mm-hmm. and it was just a beautiful church. I just loved, you know, praying. And then there's a, uh, an image of Our Lady in there mm-hmm. that I like to pray in front of, because it was a smaller chapel. The chapel? chapel. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, Our Lady of the Way, I think, Santa Maria de la Villa. Um, and then uh, I liked to pray at the tomb of St. Jose Maria. As well, that wasn't on the way to class. It was kind of out of the way, but I I have I've had a devotion to Saint Josemaria for a long time, uh, since college seminary days. And um, but I also liked to stop at Santa Maria sopra Minerva.
2: That was my favorite, I think, just because it was a little different architecture than the rest of the city, or like the the normal architecture in Rome. It was not Baroque, but more Gothic. And I I don't know, there's something about that church, and I just came to like Saint Catherine too. And so yeah, I would go there often
0: yes is, oh. it, is, is that the one that where saint catherine of siena
2: most of her was? body is there yeah
0: most of it was it like everything but her head or something her head
2: and her heel and yeah. her finger or yeah. whatever there's little bits it, of her everywhere
0: was because was that the one that was either like it used to be like a roman temple or or, yeah. or like a minerva used, yeah. or so underneath or underneath it there's the, the ruins that's what yeah.
2: sopra minerva means is uh it's on top of Minerva, basically, is okay. the idea. So, is my understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. that was a great, it was a charming church, yeah. right?
2: It was the Dominican general it for a while. I don't know if it has anything like that. But I like,
1: think it's moved in the city, but the even during our time, I would see Dominicans come out of that yeah. building. I think
2: it was still run by the Dominicans, but I don't think it was, like, I, I'm not sure when it kind of was taken over or when it was established over, but. Even in Catherine's time, that's partly why she's buried there because she's a third order Dominican. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, she's she's great. Right. Oh my goodness. But anyway, we we digress. We digress. That's uh, all right.
1: I I like talking about that stuff. So. Um, yeah. So that was another place I like to stop, and then um, is it anywhere with the Blessed Sacrament where I could find a mm-hmm. quiet place, because Rome is a busy city. Yeah.
2: yeah,
1: it's hard to find a place to pray. You know, the tombs of. Um, St. James Minor um, and St. Saint, uh, Saint Philip,
2: was it? The Dodici Apostoli? Dodici
1: Apostoli. Yeah, Dorici, yeah I 12 Apostles Drop there. Yeah, Dodici Apostoli.
2: That's like right next to the Greg. Greg. I mean, it's yeah. pretty close
1: anyway. So. Down in the crypt there. Yeah. That was a nice place to pray too. Yeah. And, and at the foot of the Apostles. So, so I was like, yeah, I like this too. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, I like that. I want that. Um, those are places I love to pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, just walking through Piazza Navona, which used to be an ancient circus where you know Saint Agnes uh, gave up her life for the Lord, those were those were beautiful places, you know. And the Pantheon, at one point in my formation, I would go by that one pretty regularly too. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, I think, is just Raphael's there, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the artist. <laughs> yeah. But it's also beautiful, and it's you know dedicated to all the martyrs and all the saints mm-hmm. and Mary.
2: Yeah.
1: So it's like, well, you got everything. Did you ever
2: right go there, there on Pentecost? I never did.
1: I did. You did. I did. Think I did.
2: Mm-hmm. They dumped, like rose petals. Yeah. There's just there, there's, there's a big like a hole. There's a hole in the yeah, ceiling because yeah. had something to do with the sun and the moon shadow or something. But right during pagan days. But, yeah. During pagan days. But they, when they once they made it into a, a church in the sixth century, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now at least the custom regularly these days has been that they dump these rose petals during mass or at some point in the mass. I don't know. You could speak to it because I I never I just saw. Pictures of it, I never actually went there, which seems kind of like, well, what were you doing with your life? Why wouldn't you go there? But we weren't, <laughs> we had mass at the seminary usually on Pentecost, so you couldn't just go. But
1: yeah, it's true.
2: Yeah. Didn't you
1: just frolic the streets of Rome? Yeah. Like, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, a duty there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then the seminary yeah, for like Christmas too, we would have, sometimes have a Christmas mass in house and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So, so yeah, it was just. Um, a part of our formation but yeah that was that was cool at uh, at the pantheon for sure um and it's just unique architecture like yeah. they can't
2: even replicate it today yeah. Yeah. the way it's totally around and there's little holes in this floor because it's it's like a drain Yes. I, f- I remember looking at it the f- first time like why is it wet in here oh yeah that's right it's a big hole in the ceiling that doesn't look that big but it's actually quite large so. it is it's giant
1: yeah so that that was big and then yeah it was um ordained a deacon and my dad is a permanent deacon he's been a permanent deacon 41 years mm-hmm. no 41 41 years and he is um he's a great deacon and uh, he vested me in the stolen dalmatic in st peter's basilica mm-hmm. for the um diaconate ordination that was a a, a moment i'll never forget mm-hmm. and that's when you really take your vows and you your, your promises
2: mm-hmm. to obedience and uh, simplicity. I, I was there. I was way in the back because I was part of the hospitality crew. So oh, yeah. you Getting asked. people seated and whatnot. But, yeah, I was there. That's
1: awesome. Yeah, no, it was a good day. Of course, of course. Yes. So it was a good, yeah, absolutely. It was an awesome day. I'll never forget it. Um, and then uh, finished my time there. Uh, I loved to do the Scavi tours. Oh, yes. Yeah, so um, that was one good. thing I did oh, yeah, That was your apostolate.
2: That was the apostle for one year. Whatever. Yeah,
1: it was so cool under the umbrella of you know um, teaching and evangelization. I think it was, and it was taking English-speaking pilgrims. And I did a few in Italian, a few of those things. But we would uh, we would take pilgrims down into the crypt area of St. Peter's, and that was just called the grotto level. And then we would go a little further deep in, and we'd go to the relics of St. Peter themselves, where you can actually see them. They're in like clear boxes made by NASA and you could see the relics of St. Peter. If you go in the normal Basilica of St. Peter and you kind of look in at the crypt area, you don't see it. You see a bunch of marble actually in front of it. They're, they're marble-facing, and you see uh, you know usually an icon of, of Jesus, um, and there's an icon of Peter I think there now too. Um, but, yeah, you don't get to see them. And so in, on the Scavi tour, Scavi is just the Italian word for excavations, and so you take them through these excavations that were kind of recently discovered they they always knew that this is where his body was revered to be buried um, but then the discovery of it was is a fascinating story and i'm not going to give you the tour right now so <laughs> well, you know, i could do a
2: digital one someday maybe you know that's an idea or maybe you could do a pilgrimage people have asked me i'm like and now since they know that you're coming i'm like you should have father anthony he he speaks italian and he gave the scavi tour so he'd be perfect
1: well, look at you just <laughs> sidestepping it there, yeah. <laughs> he would be great. Hey, just he would be wonderful. <laughs> Isn't that neat? You'll have a great time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I, I love Rome. Rome is, uh, it's like every Catholic's hometown in many ways, so it's its always great to be there. But yeah, so that was a really um, big blessing of that time. And then the fraternity, I mean, there were 200 of us under that roof, mm-hmm. I mean, all following the Lord, following the... Formation program of the seminary, and it was really good at the time. I mean, we had a great Monsignor Checchio now Bishop Checchio. He's a bishop out in New Jersey. But, um, yeah, great formation. I, I really couldn't have asked for better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was so grateful for it. Uh, truly a gift. Um, and then ordained in 2011 in, Saint, in uh, the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Rosary here in Duluth. That was wonderful. Also a day I'll never forget, but it was kind of a blur.
2: I mean, you probably remember, too. I remember moments, but, yeah, it was, it's like... <laughs> You're just up there going, "Okay, where's the MC? Tell me what to do." (laughs) Right. (laughs) I am now a
1: priest, right? Now, now it's happened, right? (laughs) Uh. Yeah, it's a blur that that time, that day of ordination, because you're seeing all these people from your whole life too, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to greet them with as much attention they all deserve, you know, and you're also kind of trying to interiorize all the experience too, like. I am now a priest of Jesus Christ. Lord, have mercy on your people. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then I was sent. uh, I was five days later. I was in my first assignment. I didn't have a lot of, um, you know, buffer time or whatever. But I went right to Blessed Sacrament in Hibbing for two years. Great. There's a school there. Wonderful time there. Um, And then I was sent to Washington, D.C. by Bishop Serba um, because he ordained me. Bishop Serba ordained me. I was his first ordinon, so I felt honored by that, and it was, yeah, we miss him, we love him. He was great, but he sent me to the uh, John Paul II Institute for studies on marriage and family out in Washington, D.C. at Catholic University of America, and I finished a degree that I started in Rome in the theology of marriage and family, and that's basically a degree in Christian anthropology is probably the way to summarize it. And I got an STL degree, which is kind of a weird degree. It's kind of in between a master's and a doctorate. It's in between those two things. And it only exists in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, then came back and was assigned to do. De- well, I had a short time in Moose Lake actually at Holy yeah, an- Angels. Father Chris. Yeah, Father Chris did uh, uh, military chaplaincy training, uh, basic training at Fort Jackson. Relaxing Jackson, they nicknamed that place.
2: <laughs> I, I bet. Like,
0: no, I'm sure he worked hard. <laughs> he did. <laughs>
1: Father Chris, if you're listening, God be with you. Um, (laughs) And uh, so I was just there covering for him because they only do defenses of your thesis uh, in April. So I had some time. I finished everything in December. So I kind of had that time, and it was a perfect time for me to cover for him. Um, And then I defended my thesis, which was on the fatherhood of the priest, according to Joseph Ratzinger, which I just loved um, what I was researching and (laughs) trying to put together. And then... um, after those five months in Moose Lake, I was sent to Deer River Ball Club Federal Dam, um, and that was a good year. Um, we, we it was a lot of work, um, a lot of challenges, but it was wonderful. I've met some incredible people. I really I, I miss them even today, still a little bit. You know, all my assignments, I miss my the people I worked with, because nice. uh, that's what makes the assignment so delightful and challenging and wonderful and all the rest. Mm. And so that's I still have that. And then I was sent to Chisholm and Buell. Uh, after that for four years Um, and that was good as well more formation of me as a person in many ways Um, and I started to live in common just real briefly at the end of that time with Father Mike Gary he was in Eveleth and I would commute over to Chisholm and Buell Um, that was great to live in common with other priests and then I got moved so I was I was then sent to Crosby and Garrison and Hillman and that was of course wonderful too going back to the home area for me I just uh it felt, all my blood pressure like went down when I went to my home county. Uh-huh. There's something primordial there where you're like, yeah, this is where I grew up. Oh, I know this road. I know that lake. <laughs> yeah, and I know that person. Actually, the photographer for my first mass and my ordination—I think he did some ordination stuff too. Was Mike Ollie? He okay. became my trustee, and so yeah, when he—he yeah. he had these pictures from the ordination day that he popped out, and he said, "Welcome, Father Anthony." I was like, "Wow, That's uh-huh. you have That's those cool. on stock, don't you? Those little <laughs> things, and you have the frames, don't you?" <laughs> so he was great. He was very uh, kind. But, anyways, uh, so my time there has been very brief and short, but very good. Um, and I was—I've um, been on administrative leave for a number of months now. Which has been a, a journey of personal healing, and it's been really good for me. Mm-hmm. It's been really good for me as a person, you know, sort of on the humanity aspect of my life, and that's that's worth it too. You know, sometimes we suppress that all of us, you know, in some ways. Like I'll get deal with that later. I know that's in my background, but mm-hmm. you know, well, but to deal with it is never um, is never a bad idea. So it was really it was really good for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, but I'm happy, very happy to be back. I'm so eager. Um, to to begin again and uh, here at, at St. Lawrence and Holy Family, the people I've met already just make it seem just wonderful as a, as a wonderful new beginning, a new start. So, yeah, I think that's where we come back back to today, the present moment. We made it back.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: that's great. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I, I think, uh, you know, as I've said to you and even some of my notes to you, and I think the people are longing for a long, stable relationship. So... Please, God, that's what's going to happen now. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: For me as well. That is my desire too, just to stay put, you know. And that's, we all need stability. I mean, thank God the Lord's been here Mm -hmm. uh, through all of these things. he's always there, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he's so good. He's so wonderful.
2: Are you going to be working in the marriage and family office again?
1: Yeah, I believe so. You know, I believe it's still in a reduced capacity or whatever, but um, that's kind of always been the case, I think. A little easier
2: commute from here. Yes it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been like 2 hours plus this whole time, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 What well, what does that all like entail cuz like does that just like does that just end up being mainly like unholments or no? Is there a lot of other like wow. more I guess positive things? Positive things. Okay, good. Yes, yes. Yeah, unholments
2: is more Father Steve Laflamme's okay. burden that he must carry. Or, okay. Or Took minis- one for the team. ministry that he must do. Yes. God yeah. bless him. God bless him. Um, no, we're on the
1: preventative measure, okay. measures, kind of end of marriage, you know, and, and not on the remedial. So the preventative would then encompass like marriage preparation, uh, but also celebrating marriage in general in different stages. So they, there's the anniversary mass we do here in Duluth as well. Um, we've tried to do some things with divorce ministry a little bit too. You know, that's been under that uh, office as well. But then we, we help with the men's and women's conferences as well pro-life activities in the diocese we become a resource for a lot of that um i'm still a resource for people too that um can can struggle at times with fertility um we we are a resource center for the diocese uh, with pro-life things um marriage things um even with children the dynamics of having children um what can help you know we have a ton of resources for all of those parts of human life so I, i yeah. I'm kind of the, the theological part of it. Betsy Niepkins is the director. I'm kind of glad not to be the director. Cause I'm like, all right. You know, all the paperwork. Oh, yeah. Oh, God <laughs> bless her. She, she does so much. She's awesome. And we just started a Catholic family camp last year. That was really good. We had a wonderful crew of, I think it was 18 families hmm. at Big Sandy Camp in McGregor. And it was wonderful. All these Catholic families. We did Catholic trivia. We did... A, uh, campfires we did all the games and stuff it was really i, I enjoyed it yeah. um and it was cool so things like that we're trying to get going because uh, some families can feel sort of isolated at times in their catholic faith and trying to raise their children so that was an opportunity to kind of get them connected with others mm-hmm. um,
2: yeah i hope that good. grows
1: yeah so those are the things that yeah. we kind of do in the office and um i help when i can basically and that's that's what i i believe will continue in that mode for me. Yeah. Okay. Good? Yeah. Oh yeah. There you go.
2: Oh, no. Tell us about your socks. Finally, I've been I've been looking at them throughout this <laughs> podcast. Hey, it strikes me a little bit, you know, Father Daniel well, but he always has interesting socks as well. <laughs> so, I don't know if the two of you have talked about your socks. But...
1: We we have noticed uh, as well <laughs> that we wear these things. So, these were a gift from a friend of mine, and these are Saint Benedict socks. Yeah.
2: I thought they, at first when I looked at it, it was, like, oh, is that St. Patrick, but then it's was like, no, that St. Patrick. Yeah, there's a black and whack
1: yeah, on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of them now. Yeah. Somebody just gave me um,
2: – Where does one find such things?
1: There's a there's a company now called Sock Religious yeah. uh, that makes – <laughs> <that makes them laughs> it's not Sock Religious, Sock Religious, mm-hmm. um, and the, they make them. So the ones I just got were St. Joseph ones, so yeah. I need to bust those out. You know. Nice in about a day or so yeah. yeah yeah
0: nice great um well uh well yeah we can um close up here but uh yeah thanks for giving us th- uh the rundown of of father anthony <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and um i'm sure more um, to come i'm sure there's there'll be more to come and uh yeah yeah we're just thankful for uh, both you guys um thank you for your preset and as uh one of you goes and the other one, one of you arrives. Yeah, we're just happy for both of your service. So, yeah. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. man. Great. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and I uh, hope you have a good rest of your day. We will catch you again next time.